Hey, girl bosses, Sophia here. I'm so excited to introduce you to a new show here at Girl Boss Radio in partnership with our friends at Toomey called In Progress. Hosted by renowned journalist Noor Taguri, the series explores the ups and downs of being just that, a work in progress. You're about to hear one of our inspiring episodes, and to hear more, subscribe to In Progress anywhere podcasts are found. Hi everyone, Noor Tagori here, and you're listening to In Progress, An Imperfect Journey Navigated. And this podcast is presented by Girl Boss Radio in partnership with Toomey. So, over the course of 10 episodes, we will be going on a journey together. We'll be deep diving with the best and the brightest female founders, entrepreneurs, and creatives out there, and offering you the motivation you need to transition from where you are to where you want to be. These brilliant women, and I mean brilliant, will be dishing out real-world advice for self-development on the go so you can dare to change direction and so you can live a more fulfilling and productive life. You know, the life you deserve. Let's go. Today we are talking about how to present your best and most real self. I'm incredibly excited for this topic because it is something that I'm constantly talking about, just truly being your most authentic self. I think that it's something people are constantly mentioning and talking about, but not always as in-depth as I think that we need to be talking about because we live in a world today where it's really easy to want to be a carbon copy of somebody else instead of really focusing on the incredible blueprint that is you. And it's something that I struggled with as a kid but realized along my journey that being my most authentic self was the only way I was going to be as successful as I possibly could be. And not only success in terms of career and job, but success as in learning to love myself, take care of myself, know my worth, and know that only I can define who I am and know what's best for me and being in a place that's secure enough to recognize that. So we are talking today to Candice Kumai, who is a Japanese-American chef, writer, author of six best-selling books, and a fellow podcaster. Elle Magazine calls her the golden girl of wellness, and she continues to evolve every day with the wellness world. Welcome back, Candice. Hello, Noor. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, and I just want to kind of get right into it. I want to know what your experience with showcasing your best self online versus what's actually going on in your life has kind of gone about. Wow. Well, I mean, starting at a young age um, to pay for college and to build the savings, uh, I was a model at the same time I started in restaurants at 15 years old. So as a young girl... I really had this idea of like a persona versus a person inside. So there was like Candace Kumai, the persona model, then became TV host, writer, um, producer, director, whatever. And now um, I'm sort of amazed at how we all evolve from our past into our present moments. And Online, I guess you could say um, I'm one of those people that spends a lot of time on my posts. I want everything to be mindfully done, thoughtfully, Mm. and I want the artwork 
including the food that I shoot, to the travels that I take, to any post that goes out into the universe. I would like it to have thought and meaning behind it. So even though I was a former food editor at large at Shape and Men's Fitness, and before that, a columnist at Men's Health and Women's Health, and all beyond um, writing for everyone from Bone Out to Healthy-ish, Cosmo, um, and even Girl Boss and Well and Good now, I mm. do care tremendously about my work. Number one, the meaning behind it. And then number two, is it thought-provoking? Is it helping others? And is it better than clickbait? Because I, I have worked in magazines that focused on clickbait. And for me, I think it's better to always focus on the quality of your work, putting something out there that you're proud of. And even if it means getting into arguments with my agents over what I'm putting on my Instagram account, which <laughs> has happened numerous times, I will not be the girl to bow out of this. Um, my grandfather is an impressionist painter. He traveled the world wow. when he was younger painting, yeah, Europe. Um, and that was not normal for a Japanese man. He had a collection at the Tokyo Metropolitan Museum of Art. He had his paintings displayed there. And then my aunt Kyoko Kumai has a permanent collection at the MoMA. She has collections all over the globe oh, wow. for her steel wool tapestry work. Yeah, and I mean, you wonder where you get your characteristics from, from your past and your and your heritage and your upbringing. Uh, when my parents took me to see their exhibits throughout Japan as a little girl with big, wide Hapa eyes, I now understand the correlation between yeah. my demand of excellence came from my past. And so if I had to sum it up in just one word, my the way that I look at my social on the web mm. and my work is it, there is a demand for excellence behind it. And it needs to be carefully thought out. I think in the end, it's the harder thing to do as we know, but yep. like it would be easy for me to take off all my clothes and shoot photos of my butt and my boobs every day, but I don't wanna leave that kind of a legacy. Like I've got a brain, I want to use it. And I also really want to be in this for the long haul. So getting to a point of getting to a point like that and getting to a point of just being your most authentic self isn't something that people are just born with and stick with for the rest of their lives. It's definitely a journey. And I think for you and for me growing up with immigrant parents and struggling during your childhood to kind of own your heritage and own your background is a process and it's a painstaking process because you have yeah. to get to a point where you learn to be who you know you are and appreciate yeah. your background. Did you ever struggle with authenticity growing up? Did you ever struggle with trying to be like somebody you weren't? I mean, the struggle came from being half Japanese, half Polish American, growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood in San Diego, California, and also with Hispanic kids too, and like really never feeling like I ever fit in. Mm. But always in the back of my mind, I can remember since preschool, I really, really liked who I was. Like I thought 
Japanese food was cool. I thought Japan was cool. <laughs> I was funny and engaging and and fun. My you know people would still describe me as like one word just fun. Um, so like I, it was hard for me to also when I got teased for being Asian, it was like well that's not really something I can control. So. Mm. Sure, it hurt. I didn't think boys liked me as much as they would my blonde hair, blue eyed friends. Yep. Um, and then come to find, like in high school, they're all like, "Oh my god, Candace is yep. so hot." Yep. And then they call you exotic, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, yes. "Oh my gosh, you look like a Disney princess." <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jasmine and Pocahontas. Yeah, like actually. Hey, <laughs> yeah, for real. Same thing. It's totally the same. And um, yeah, you know, you get a little older. You go to college. You meet girls that look like you that are from the same places had the same discrimination mm -hmm. and you know what my past is so painful when it comes to the identity of who I am yeah that I struggled and tried to fit in my entire life probably wanting to look like everyone else yep. and then when I got older and I started really really digging into Japanese culture I took trips there with my mom like once a year and, and keep in mind my mom did not want me to go with her. She was like, I'm okay on my own day, okay? You can do your work in New York. Oh, my so gosh. Why wouldn't she want you to go with her? Well, you know, she's a very... We have a unique relationship. I was a bad kid. I was mm. a total rebel. I still am, but I'm a little more behaved now. Like a I rebel be. in the best sense now. Yeah. I mean, I just like doing bad things. Like, I'm, I'm never going to change. I'm not, like, straight edge. Like, I don't want to be boring. <laughs> so, but you still have matcha every day, so you're yeah. good. <laughs> well, now I write about Japanese books and I wear glasses. So I hope my mom likes me. Um, no, they still, my parents still see the same girl, the party yeah. girl from high school. Mm. So what's been interesting, though, is I fell in love with Japan very recent. And then I started to see who I was on TV and in mags and that like five minutes where you guys see me judging Iron Chef or talking to Dr. Oz, that's not real Candace. That's like persona Candace. So once a therapist that I, I always work on myself because there is much work to always do, I am perfectly imperfect. The therapist told me, Candace, Never let your persona move far away from who you are as a person. And he used an analogy with his two hands and one coming further away from another. And I never forgot, ever forgot that advice because I know people that have a really, they have a mask on, you know, mm. like they're fake, they, they talk shit, they don't know who they are, they're super insecure. Which all comes from insecurity, yeah. Yes. So I had a similar experience. I grew up in an all-white town. I walked into my first grade class and I asked the mm. only other girl who had dark brown hair in that class if she was Muslim too, because I had never seen another girl at school with dark brown hair. And she looked at me yeah. and was like, am I what? And I never wanted anybody to know about my background or my heritage. Like I was so insecure about the color of my eyes and the color of my hair. And I remember I was at my dad's work and someone said, you have beautiful eyes. And I said, no, because they're brown. And I like had my own phase of wearing colored contacts and dyeing my hair blonde yeah, and like yeah. and and to be honest it was because like the representation at the time I like knew that I wanted to get into media and it was just the lack of representation was glaring and I just remember yeah. nobody on TV looked like me and so I was like if that does that mean that anybody who wants to be on TV has to look a certain way 
Uh, And I remember hearing Oprah say, had I known being my most authentic self would make me this rich, I would have done it a long time ago. That then you wouldn't have had this amazing story of like depth and learning to share. When I went through this, it was kind of like a whole self-reflection journey, kind of revelation on, on who I really wanted to be. I remember this feeling and I always describe it like this. And it was like shackles on my ankles just falling off. And it was like in my head, metaphorically, it was like these shackles that were just tied to this box that I felt like you had to be everything in this box to become the person you wanted to become, to have that dream job, to get that salary, to um, be a part of that group of friends or whatever it was. And it was just like you had these like rigid kind of examples or aspirations that were almost suffocating. I realized that when you, when you take the time to approach every situation as 100% you, the outcome is always above and beyond what you could have expected. And you leave those situations knowing you gave everything because you were just you and you can't, you can't be hard on yourself for it because you gave it 110% Candace. When I was younger, there was a a network that does food that um, tested me for a pilot. And I was like really young, like in my 20s and and very much like knew the opportunity was grand. They took everything away from me that made me me. They put me into a purple cardigan. The backsplash of the kitchen was like Giada Beyond. Everything about the show wasn't me. They made me feel uncomfortable. They made me feel small. They made me feel like I was never good enough. And they made me feel like Mm. being Asian worked against me. And guess what? Because they did that, I always knew in the back of my heart we would make it all the way to the top. And the one person that could have greenlit the series into Saturday mornings, which is where you started on this network, said, I just don't think she's there yet. She's too green. And what was so weird, Nor, is I always knew it would have never worked because they never let me be myself. And how heartbreaking. Yeah, I was like bedridden for weeks when my agents got the answer. And then contrasting that, now when I have Kintsugi Wellness, which is the first Japanese-American wellness book I've ever written, and I have my podcast, Wabi Sabi, these are the only two forms of art that I have compiled on my own and said, I'm going to unapologetically be myself Mm. for the first time in my life. And what happened was there was a lot of discrimination and a fear at the beginning of both projects But my hand and God and the universe forced me to continue through both projects. The book has been picked up in nine different countries, including like Saudi Arabia, Taiwan, Brazil, Portugal, the Netherlands. I mean, even Russia, Poland. It's going to be an amazing book when it's all done. And with the podcast, it's the most riveting collection of reviews I have ever read on my work. And I stand beside it in saying, I no longer am scared to write pitches, books, show ideas, X, Y, Z. I'm no longer afraid to send them out because no one else can storytell the way I can. 
Okay, friends, quick little interjection right now to tell you about what our friends at Toomey, those same friends that help us put together this very podcast, are doing right now. They just stepped into the purse game in like a serious way with a super luxe yet adaptable line of handbags. Whether you're looking for a timeless leather bag or a nylon number that's as adaptable as you are, these purses are designed to go with you for the journey you're on. Shop the new collection on Toomey.com. I want to take this to something I know a lot of our listeners are a part of, and that is social media. People are on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Snapchat, and what have you. And in my personal experience, I've realized when I'm 100% myself on social media, it garners way more engagement than I could even ask for because people respond to authenticity. And I think people are smart enough to scroll through Instagram and know what's on the more BS side and know what's real Mm. and having those honest conversations. Now, straight up, do you feel like the people who are on your Instagram are getting 100% Candace? and the Candace that they would get in person? (laughs) What a great question. I mean, I come from fashion and TV and media and books and mags, so I feel like I know I'm more myself on Insta stories than anything because I, like, put, like, carrot hats on my cat or, like, (laughs) go out and, like, and and take, like, selfies with no makeup. But I think a lot of my... my friends who do work in the media space are like, you know what I like about you is that you'll do like no makeup running pics yep, um, and real deal stuff. No and makeup pics are my favorite. I mean, yeah, I mean, because you, that is exactly who we are when you take it all off. Yep. You know, that is like unapologetically you, ride or die. Um, my like cat is my ride or die. My best friends are my ride or die. My mom is my ride or die. And so I think... I show you a glimpse of sort of this life that I've created, but I'm a content creator and curator, so I also enjoy showing you the artistry of my life, which I hope makes sense now that um, y'all know a little bit more about, like, where I came from. Like, Mm. my grandfather was an artist. My aunt was an artist. They have permanent collections um, at the MoMA and all over the world. It is as an artist who is sharing beautiful things to look at, I trained myself how to shoot a camera over the last seven years, not because I wanted to be a photographer, but because I was poor and I had no money to pay Mm. a photographer for my books anymore. And they kept robbing me of my identity and making me feel like I owed them something. And I think that my Instagram account is more of a, it's like a virtual diary Mm. of the evolution of Candace's work. Candace Kumai's evolution is documented. Like you can yeah. see what my old food photos used to look like to where they are now. I mean, that's an incredible part of Instagram, just having that journey documented. I want to read part of a caption that you recently posted that really resonated <laughs> oh, with me. And I think that you know maybe which one it is. It's oh, uh, no. <laughs> you. It's with your Forbes interview and you just oh. wrote, if I told, and this is from Candace, everyone, if I told you that 
my career has been more painful than pleasurable. Would you believe me? You think I have it easy. Do you think it's all perfect? The learning curve is so steep. And just when you think you're chilling, things change and shit gets real. And then it just goes on and on. And I... I related a lot to that. And that's why I was asking because these are, I mean, this is a beautiful photo of you. You know, you're on set and your makeup is on point, but the caption is the reality. And I don't think we get enough of that on social media, but I do think people who have the courage to put out their 100% most authentic self Mm. not only are doing something so incredibly liberating but are also doing something that is going to garner the engagement and the numbers that they're looking for to grow their brand or to grow their business or just to remind thousands of people that they're not alone and that to me Mm. is something that's so precious when it comes to the positive aspects of social media. Wow, Nora, thanks for reading it back to me too, because I think all the people that have told me that I couldn't do something, because when my mom told me, you can cook for your friends, but you cannot cook for a living, and I am not going to pay for culinary school. So she and all those haters in Haterville I just said, you know what? This is me. This is a yep. part of me. But it's also my job. And and you and I come from very similar backgrounds where we are media professionals, journalists, writers, authors, personalities. Mm. People have to respect that there are times where you and I do have to do all the perfect looking shit. That's part of our job. Yeah. But they do need to understand that I still go home at night and cry. I still had a, a friend from college like... Mm. totally ostracized me from the group. More of us should be reading the content that we're putting on Instagram. It doesn't always just have to be playful and fun. It doesn't always have to be, you know, look at this unicorn toast or this bowl, like whatever mm. it is, an acai bowl. It could also be meaningful. Yeah. And I I wish, my wish is to have more people respect the journalists who are out there who worked really hard really hard to get to where we are. And you know what? If I don't want to take all my clothes off, if I don't want to show you everything, if I don't feel like posting all the time, mm. don't don't like criticize us for being who we are because everybody should individualistically, unapologetically be who you are. And maybe this is pointing something out to me too, Nor. Maybe my writing and explaining how you and I have pioneered this space for the younger generations of girls. Maybe when we share our story and take our masks off, maybe then we can all grow together because I swear to you, I would not be able to do what I do without the incredible women who have been around me like a band of sisters. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Just to wrap up, what would you say is like one thing that you want listeners to practice on a daily basis when it comes to leaving the house, knowing that they're their most authentic self and posting on Instagram, knowing this is who they are? First, I would want people to know exactly what you said like Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements Notes, when somebody writes something or says something not great about you, it is a reflection of them and not you. Mm. 
Do not take it personal. Yep. Thank them and pray for them because I've been able to pray for all the haters that come my way. Mm. I've been able to recognize that as a public figure in media, you and I will be polarizing for the rest of our lives. You take in the good, you take in the bad, and send out good Mm. only. Choose to take the high road when things aren't going your way. It is the harder thing to do, but it is the thing that will keep you liberated. And like you said, your head held high. You are so beautiful when you are confident. You exude grace. You exude light. You exude authenticity. And also, when you are authentic, you are particularly vulnerable. And it's okay to be unapologetically beautiful you because when you start realizing that everybody has a perfectly imperfect life, Mm. you can start looking out at the perfectly imperfect view every day and enjoying it a little bit more. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Candice. There were so many gems that I know I'm going to be taking from this conversation, and it was amazing talking to you. Pleasure. Same. Same Z's and totally matcha soon. So soon. I can't (laughs) wait. For more information on Candice Kumai, you can check her out on Twitter and Instagram at Candice Kumai. Kumai is spelled K-U-M-A-I or on her website, CandiceKumai.com. And if you want to stay connected with me, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Noor, N-O-O-R, and Twitter at N-T-A-G-O-U-R-I. N-T-A-G-O-U-R-I. Can't wait to connect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of In Progress presented by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Toomey. Be sure to tune in to the next episode to hear more from the brightest minds out there, all bringing the real talk to navigating your life and career so you can really take flight. Because, yep, you already know it's a work in progress. And be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the 10 episodes.